You're listening to 50 Plus a Tip, the show for strippers, ethical sluts, and other open-minded hoes. Okay, guys, I know that quarantine has some downfalls, but it kind of has some positives too. And one of those is that my skin routine is killing it right now. And a huge help with that has been Truly Lifestyle Brand. Truly Lifestyle Brand is an all-natural, cruelty-free skincare company that allows your skin to become its absolute best self. Their before and after photos are insane and totally speak for themselves, so you really have to go check those out. They also just launched a new vitamin C serum that is basically like bottle of youth. Use my code TRULYPLUSATIP for 10% off your first online order. Hey guys, welcome back. It is Danny, and I am joined by Riley. Hi. <laughs> Hi, I am here. Hi. Um, okay, first off, how's your week going? What's going on? What's going up? Or on? Or in? What's going on uh, around? Um, my week is good. I'm like done, done school now, so I have almost two weeks off, three weeks off. Um, so now I'm really losing it with the amount of time that I have to sit, uh, with my thoughts and yeah, we've just kind of, me and the household have been trying to figure out ways to spend time. So we've started theme days. So, uh, yesterday we did a dude's day and all dressed up as dudes and did dude things and talked about shooting and fishing and shit. (laughs) Bros. Basically we're losing it. Uh, what about you? How's things going for you? Well, first, congratulations on being done. Thank uh, you. Um, yeah, you know, a little of this, a little of that. Slowly getting around to unpacking. It's been a month, so I thought it was time. <laughs> um, I'm like halfway done, which is pretty good. Yeah. And then just, yeah, making OnlyFans content, doing what I hate, which is trying to grow a Twitter and an Instagram for work. It's like my least favorite thing, but forcing myself to do it daily. So proud of me. Um, Other than that, not really a whole, whole lot. Been seeing my parents at least once a week for dinner and card games, which is always fun. Yeah, that's cute. Super adorbs. Um, Yeah. Okay. Speaking of Instagram though, my fucking Instagram got shadow banned. My 50 plus a tip account. Oh, God. And it's so annoying. Really? Yeah. Because I used to have quite a large reach. And my last, like, post was only seen by about 7,500 people, which is quite a bit less than it used to be able to be seen by. So that's annoying. Um, Instagram's on to us. Yeah. We're women who own our sexuality, and it shall not be allowed. Never. So... (laughs) So yeah, I um, no. <laughs> owning your own bodily autonomy? No. Um oh please no. <laughs> for the love of for the love of Jesus, no. <laughs> Only we're allowed to profit off women. So yeah, that kind of sucks. Um, which is funny because I was speaking to my girlfriend behind closed doors. She will be on the podcast and she's been dealing with the shadow ban for like two years or something now so yeah the shadow ban is real yeah girl that's shitty yeah well damn but you're fine no one's attacking your little accounts 
Yeah, my account that I put absolutely no effort into, and... Don't you have, like, 70 followers now? <laughs> Do I have 70? Um, I'm in the hundreds, okay? Thank you. Wow. Proud of you. <laughs> Bless all you guys. Thank you. <laughs> You're like, I'm now also accepting sponsors. <laughs> Please, anyone help me for the love of God. <laughs> um, okay, you know what else? Also, I saw on social media lately that I know you feel some kind of way about, well, I, I hope most people feel some kind of way about, is how much, and we touched on this briefly, our last like episode together, was how much racism is coming out with this coronavirus. And I don't know if you heard about it. In like China, they were not allowing African-Americans to come into McDonald's. Okay. Yeah. Um, I did hear about that and I believe it was in Beijing. Um, I was just reading on Al Jazeera, um, that it actually went a lot further than just people not being allowed in McDonald's. Um, I heard that like police were ordering, um, businesses and restaurants to stop serving people of, um, who appeared to be of African-American origin and, um, local officials launched mandatory testing and, um, self quarantining and stuff. And like, uh, locals were saying that they were having trouble, um, being like served or catered to, um, by hotels and like businesses and they were being evicted and shunned in public. So like the McDonald's things is, is surface level for how deep this racism is going. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was just reading that on the news, like literally this morning. It's so fucking insane and like disgusting that one that people even have that mindset and, like, the mm-hmm. fact that, like, they get away with it is insane to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're definitely being called out for it, which I think is good. But I think, like, in – like, it's obviously not okay. Like, it's racist and that's disgusting. But we also can't talk about racism and, like, coronavirus um, without talking about – because, like, that's just overtly racist. But then you have, you know, the – underlining racism that comes with all of the memes that are coming up about like the um, Chinese or Asian population and like that's not having the same outrage as um, overt racism and it's like just as harmful right Mm -hmm. like there's a bunch of there's a there was a study done that the um, CNN mentioned I think and I haven't finished um reading it but it was called weaponized information outbreak a case study on covid bioweapon myths and the asian conspiracy meme and it was talking about how like they were using i believe as i said i haven't finished it they were using like um conspiracies of how covid was like made up to kind of just like spread hate and spread racism so, yeah, I think that there's just, like, a huge amount of racism going around, and it's obviously easier to see the overtly one, but the, like, underlining racism and the memes and stuff, like, should be ignored as well. Yeah, I remember when it kind of was first starting, and everyone was freaking out about going shopping and all that. Uh, one of my girlfriends posted, if you guys need things, the like Asian supermarkets are like completely stocked and pretty empty of people because you guys are all so fucking racist that no one wants to shop there. And it's like valid, like it's a valid comment. Like that, that's like 
just an example, like no one wants to shop at the Asian supermarkets because, you know, they have some bullshit idea in their head, right? There is something to say about, you know, like the most people who uh, shop at um, Asian supermarkets already tend to be of Asian descent. And yes, there was a higher risk of Asian people have have been traveling to like Asia, I mean, to visit family and stuff, but like more so it just stemmed from, from racism for sure. Would be, would be my guess. I actually haven't, I don't know. But yes, I think that's a pretty fucking fair assumption. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, okay. Speaking of another thing that's come out of these Corona times, FaceTime dates. What do you think of them? What's your opinion on them? Um, I think, I mean, I haven't done any FaceTime. Like, you, hang on. Are we talking about proper dates or like paid dates? <laughs> like recreational? <laughs> okay, well, I always support paid anything. Um, you know, like people going on Bumble, matching, and then be like, let's have a date on Thursday. And they like get out their phones and like have a face-to-face, fa- face-to-screen date. <laughs> you know what? I'm kind of here for it. If that's going to stop people from like unnecessarily going out and seeing people face-to-face or like, you know, breaking quarantine or anything like that, I'm kind of here for it. It's also... I mean, a great way to just waste the time is getting to know someone new. So if that's what you want to do, then go for it. Like, I think it's innovative. No, for sure. Here's my only issue is I think it's one more way men get away with doing the absolute fucking least. So I think this is like my PSA, the man, the following that he orders you a meal or if you don't want this person knowing your address, you order the meal and they like Venmo you or PayPal you or e-transfer you the money for it and like a bottle of wine or whatever you want. And then like at least then they're still like, I don't know, somewhat worthy of your time. I just cannot fathom wasting my time to f- do a FaceTime with some person I don't know and I don't even get a fucking meal out of it. Like <laughs> I can't. I know, and it's it's such a like pro way of thinking. Like when you date and you do like companionship for a job, then doing it for free starts to suck unless you're really interested in that person. A hundred percent. I would rather I think, pluck out my own fucking eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> I think for people like for squares, I think it's a great option. And you know, like if you are you know if you don't think that the guy should pay for the first date and that's totally fine like and you don't expect that then that's fine too however dudes i think it's an awesome gesture and if you're like competing against however many other guys that this girl is talking to and like trust me there's many like stand out like like send her that bottle of wine you know do do more do better yeah 100 <laughs> percent. okay what's also okay so say you are doing this whole online dating thing and you hit it off with one person. When do you think it's appropriate to delete your dating profiles? During quarantine, I don't think that there should be any obligation to delete your profiles. Like until you know that that connection that you have with someone like translates to in person in real life, like, why would you stop yourself from finding other connections? I'm doing trivia, as I said, I've mentioned on this podcast, and they did have a question of, like, when do people usually call it exclusive? 
and it's between like eight to ten dates, I think, for like the majority of people apparently. Um, I think it was actually yeah. six to eight, I believe, if I remember correctly. But go on, oh, sorry, because sorry. I also do the trivia. <laughs> Go on. My bad, I stand corrected. Um, you're just a commitment yeah, phobe. You know, that's when you're meeting up with them, that you're feeling that physical spark, that actual connection. And in quarantine, I don't think that anyone, male or female, should have that obligation to delete their app um, before they've even met or touched or tickled their pickle or whatever. I hate that saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's so creepy. It reminds me of Uncle Diddles. <laughs> it's super creepy. So creepy. And you always look very intense when you say it, I feel like. <laughs> I'm just like watching your face change as I like went on. <laughs> um, this is why I am like not the person for online dating because the idea of me investing even like an hour of my time to text back and forth with someone knowing that they're like in between our conversation they're jumping to like five other conversations and probably copy and pasting the same bullshit like it just is such a like a turn off to me um that that if you want me to invest myself into you and I'm gonna waste my time learning about you then I think we should like give it a real shot where like our focus is on like hey maybe this is something like, for me, like, I just know that if I were, like, talking to, like, five different people, like, I don't give a fuck about any of them. And, like, they're already, like, put into that, app, like, that category of, like, I'm just fucking around with them. Like, they're not, like, they're not important. But I'm also just very old school like that. That's a very, like, millennial, like, you know, like, 21st century dating is very much, like, I'll fuck around with five different people and, like, maybe one of them will win out. <laughs> uh, for sure. And I'm not saying that, like, you should keep up your conversation with X amount of people, but I'm saying like you also don't have an obligation to delete your app completely because of one person. Yeah. I guess to me, it's like the app will always be there. So why not just like when you start to like actually enjoy each other's company and like want to see if it's something like put the app on pause, like maybe not delete it, but like you don't need to be signing in every day, checking who else gives you attention. Um, and then, you know, like if this thing fizzles out, you jump back on your app, like, for sure. And I think that just happens naturally when you get interested in one person. Like, I don't think that you should keep up or like force yourself to talk to several other people just because you still have the app and you haven't met up with this person. Like when I get interested in someone, like whoever I'm talking to just like dwindles naturally down to that person. It's not really like conscious thing. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. I agree. So in other words, I hate dating apps and Riley will have hers around for like 10 years before she deletes it. (laughs) Yo, I will delete my dating apps when I have a ring on my finger. (laughs) And even then, debatable. (laughs) Maybe I'll just delete it, but like not delete my account. Yeah, I'll I'll hide my profile. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Okay. Speaking of crazies, um, okay, I think I told you this one. So for like when I'm making my speaking of speaking of crazies, nice nice segue on me. <laughs> I like how like I can watch your face like slowly get the joke, and it's like wait a second. <laughs> also, like you're lagging a little bit as well. 
The joke's over, Riley. Um, <laughs> keep up. Um, okay. So obviously, like when you're trying to promote your Instagram or your Twitter, um, one way to do it is to mass follow people and like mass follow. Like, so if your target audience is men, you mass follow a bunch of men or whatever. And I hate doing that because I just like, I don't know. I just, we've talked about this before. Online stuff kind of creeps me out sometimes. It makes me a little feel a little violated, whatever. So anyways, I'm like going through, I'm like, I just got to do it. So I'm going through like mass following these, these male accounts and I get this message in my inbox and it goes, go follow some other men, whore. He has a girlfriend. Get a life. <laughs> and I died laughing because I had just followed this random account in my like fury of following accounts, maybe like three minutes before yeah. I got this message. And I go to the account because obviously I don't go to every account to look at them. And all I see is like a male in the, you know, profile and whatever. And yeah. clearly he has this guy has a girlfriend because she's in his photos with him. And they're like freshly 18, maybe. And I was like, oh, sweetie, like, what are you doing? Do you really think your boyfriend is one, remotely that attractive, or two, that fucking special that a uh, 20 year in her 20s sex worker is like pining after your man in like, Madrid or wherever you guys are. <laughs> like, oh, I, I honestly think that's so funny, and I feel so bad for the guy right now because obviously they're like quarantining together. That she's like seen this shit, <laughs> and he's like just sitting on the couch, like innocently being faithful or maybe whatever. And this girl's just seen this like follow, and now he's he's like sitting there and he's like. I swear to God, I don't know her. Like, I haven't liked any of her. <laughs> and she's like, who the fuck is Danica Darling? Who is she? <laughs> He's like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I swear to God, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just ruining homes over in Spain. <laughs> just a typical Tuesday. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a good little chuckle, and I was like, "That's so cute that she thinks her boyfriend's special." <laughs> oh, to be young like and dumb. Probably like day thirteen, no six. Thanks to you. Like actually, <laughs> he's just starting his dry spell now. Sorry. <laughs> just doing the Lord's work, okay? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, okay, this week was also eventful because I listened to a, po- a local podcast and I listened to one episode last week and they had made an, one of the girls had made an offhanded comment and she said, um, those girls in porn are on drugs and coked up and that's why they're so crazy. And obviously like, my ears perk right the fuck up when I hear this because I'm like, oof, what did we just say? So, um... I sent them a message and I said, Hey ladies, I just listened to your last episode and I have to say it was extremely disappointing to hear the comment about porn stars. And then I quoted what she had said. I'm just curious as to where this claim and these stats came from as an out performer performer. I can tell you this statement is completely incorrect. I've known more sex workers than non-sex workers who are actually sober individuals, not to mention kink.com. One of the most raunchy porn sites in quotes, and extremely popular, is actually known for being one of the most ethically produced, directed, and made porn out there. I think you would do well to listen to the Pornhub podcast interview with Casey Kelvert, known for her extreme, submissive, and kinky porn style. 
I message you because women, especially sex workers, have enough people stigmatizing us and making ludicrous claims to try to paint us in a horrible image that it's crucial for those of us who actually know the industry to stand up for it and stand up for those consenting adults in it. Lastly, remember to not yuck someone's yum. As long as a sexual act is done between consenting adults, who really cares? Just because you may not be a, in quotes, freak in the bed and maybe less comfortable with things that other women are into doesn't mean that they're all, in quotes, coked up. Hope this helps you reevaluate the way you think and speak of individuals in the sex industry. Perhaps you would even consider having a sex worker on your podcast. You might realize that they are some of the most amazing people out there. If you ever have any questions, my DMs are always open. Okay, so... I, the reason I reach out is like I said, like as an active sex worker, I think that's how you make change. And like, you have to sometimes come off as the asshole or the stickler. That's like, Hey, that's not okay. Hey, like I got to call you out on this. And I think it's important to also, when you're like in quotes, calling someone out to be respectful in the way you approach it. And you know, they read it or it had seen, it had said seen and they didn't reply. And I was like, Oh, that's such a missed opportunity there to have had a discussion Um, and, you know, corrected some like, you know, ill thought out, uh, comments that were made. Uh And so me and Riley talked and they were going on live on their Instagram. I guess this is last week now. And, um, I was like, yeah, I'm just going to address it again on their live. So during their live, I wrote a message saying, you know, I was really disappointed with your comments about porn stars, blah, blah, blah. And they were quite like shocked when it came up and they said they didn't really know what I was talking about and that I should have messaged them privately about it to which me and Riley you know corrected them saying we we did message you um you didn't you didn't get back anyways so they we exited out of the live watched it later and they continued saying that it was rude of us to comment on it um in a public forum whatever anyways they I once again sent them the screenshots of the messages I had sent and they responded saying you know we appreciate your input, blah, blah. And we had a nice exchange. I made a, uh, made a four-way chat with the two girls on that podcast and me and Riley. And, you know, I, I said, I were, was hoping you would take this kind of confrontation as a positive thing and a learning experience. And it's not coming from, you know, um, a bad place or a negative place. It's really just, you know, wanting to correct, um, misinformation about, you know, people I care about. Um, and it was, you know, it was received well and they came back and actually invited us to be on their podcast. So that's exciting. I'm excited to have a platform to openly discuss between the four of us, um, you know, and shed some light on sex work. And yeah, I think it was great that they were open to that. Um, yeah. And I think this will be like a learning curve for me as well. Like, obviously I've been getting more open about, um, me myself as a sex worker like especially through this podcast and you know I I think it would be false to say that I'm completely out like obviously Riley is not my real name and like I have a separate um Instagram and stuff and you know but I do feel like this is something they want to be doing is like advocating for other sex workers and being out about it and hopefully working towards um changing those unfortunate stigmas that you know kind of kickstart unwarranted comments like like the girls said mm-hmm. no exactly um yeah i also think like even the comment about the porn stars themselves but the lack of knowledge about how much ethical 
porn. There actually is out there like kink.com and like Erica Lust and the um, people that are really making huge efforts to change the porn game in the sense where it is now becoming much more ethically produced not all of it, but there are definitely active members that are doing their part in making it um, a safer community and, you know, um, more more female empowering and and all that good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And actually just speaking on that, um, I go to Simon Fraser University um, and they started a club called uh, Hurt by Porn, I believe it's called. And uh, they were doing these surveys of, like, did you know that porn has this and this effect and stuff? And it was rooted in um, research and stuff. So I, like, sat down with them as a sex worker. And, I um, you know, I know that there are studies out there that talk about how um, – you know, porn normalizes sort of that extreme or hardcore porn and doesn't emphasize, you know, what the kink community really um, emphasizes, consent, safe work. It's like making sure everybody's having a good time all the time, like making sure everybody feels safe. So, like, you get hardcore porn with not the emphasis on consent and, like, yes, that could lead to harmful or detrimental or aggressive behaviors, Um, Because, you know, you get normalized to it and then you always want to find something a little bit more shocking, a little bit more interesting, um, a little bit more taboo. But, you know, their whole thing was like, you're you're now looking for like, you know, maybe that's not consensual or like you don't know like who has consented to it, whether that's have they been paid correctly, did they agree for it to be on this public forum or it's the act itself consensual. And they were kind of advocating for people to stop watching porn altogether. And so I sat down with them. I was like, okay, but like, have you thought about, you know, places that actually, you know, like you said, like Erica Lust and kink.com, Four Chambered Hearts, Make Love Not Porn, like things that try and or do produce ethical porn. And I was like, just because, you know, I'm sure there's, like, stuff that is not consensual out there on, like, larger porn sites and um, and stuff where, you know, the, the influx of videos make it harder to, um, you know, check every single one. Um, but you can't shun an entire, like, community or an entire uh, plat- well, platform or, sorry, what's what I'm looking for? I don't know. To me, it's a career, a career choice. Yeah, totally. But you like, or like one segment of a career because there, you know, there is stuff that is harmful. Like this is just another reason that we should make all of sex work legal so that if stuff happens that is not consensual, people like individuals have the courage and the legal standing to go to authorities and go, hey, this was not okay. Um, And I even looked into like, Pornhub and their terms and conditions and you're not allowed to submit anything that is like harmful or has rape or non-consent or anything like that um but of course like with the huge influx I'm sure that's not always possible but yeah I don't think that like shunning porn is the right way to go about you know things that are harmful about porn mm-hmm. or could potentially be harmful mm-hmm. and I think too like you'll see a lot of these like advocate groups their arguments aren't even 
aren't even for the porn actors and actresses. It's like people watching porn are being harmed by this, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, so then I'm going to guess that if you're saying that you never consume alcohol, you don't, you don't smoke, you know, you don't watch any shows that have sex scenes in them. You know, you don't watch any shows that have violence in them. Like, since you're so like impressionable and can't like, like decipher reality from not reality, um, you know, so yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, as I said, there are studies that show things about porn can be harmful, but like, have you ever seen like a study on alcohol? Cause let me tell you. <laughs> well, exactly. That's the thing is like, it's not, it's not porn. Like no one is sitting like, I mean, maybe there are these cases, but no one's sitting you down, forcing you to, you know, watch porn and and then now you're like the victim of the bad side effects of it you know like it's the same as like other dependencies often like you're the one that chose that you know you're the one that chose to start smoking you know it's not someone else's fault um I'm not doing a great way of explaining it but you know why are you blaming porn actors and porn actresses and porn um, creators for your porn addiction (laughs) like you know that's on you if you're an alcoholic you don't go to people who make alcohol like just like distilleries or anything and blame them for your alcoholism you like work on yourself and like get help yourself and why is it the same like why isn't it the same with uh sex work and like porn and stuff exactly and also too like you know that that hardcore porn there are people that like it there are like people that like filming it there there are people that like acting in it um there's a lot of people that like consensual rape scenes and like being a part of them and a lot of people in their personal life like consensual rape and role-playing that um you know so these people aren't fucked up and they're not all coked out and they're not you know like there's don't yuck someone's yum as long as it's consenting adults you know um all the power to them Absolutely. I agree. And, um, just on saying that, like, I hear a lot of women say that they don't like or allow their boyfriends to watch porn, um, or consider it cheating. Like, how do you, how do you feel about that? So because I have had issues with guys that are addicted to porn Um, I'm Mm -hmm. a little more sensitive to it, but I also think it's because of what I do for work. Like, you know, I am a sex worker. So if you're looking to look at porn with girls with big tits who ride cock, it's like, okay, then (laughs) here I am. Um, and also I had a boyfriend who would constantly pick porn over me. Um, like he wouldn't want to have sex. He wouldn't have a big sex drive. And then I'd leave the house to go to work or something and he'd masturbate to porn. And that's when I think it's an issue. But again, like the porn isn't the issue. My issue is with my partner and the way he himself is making me feel and the way he is behaving in our sex life, right? It has nothing to do with porn. Um, Absolutely. And then, you know, I had another ex who watched a lot of porn um, of cam girls. And 
the only reason that bothered me sometimes was because he would watch like friends of mine and it's like, okay, well, like it's getting a little too close to home now. (laughs) Um, I don't really, I started to not feel comfortable having my friends around him in the flesh for lack of a better term, because you know, he was like jerking his little dick off to them earlier. And it's like, okay, clearly you have some kind of like interest whether like just sexual or something. So I think like I'm still human. Obviously I do feel jealousy or insecurities, but again, like that's not the porn. It's how I have felt in those relationships, you know, and like the relation I had with my partner in those situations. Totally. And I think like, you know, how you said about him masturbating to your friends on cam, that would be like your partner masturbating to like your friend's Instagrams. Like, yes, what she also did. It's yes. just, <laughs> well, here we go. So that's a him problem. No, I am. Um, I don't think it's fair, um, for someone to shame or to try and ban their partner from watching porn. Like, yeah, I just, yeah. Um, unless of course it starts to like actually impact your relationship sexually. And then, you know, instead of just trying to ban them, it should be a, a conversation. And like more so, I think that porn is actually a really great way to like open up a conversation about things that you may or may not want to try and bed. And I don't know. I just think that like, cause I, I rem- yeah, I just don't think that people should be like shaming other people for watching porn like irritates me when I hear girls being like he's not like my boyfriend's not allowed to or my partner's not allowed to and yeah that just it irks me a little bit yeah I think like because I think in an ideal world a lot of I mean I think for a lot of people in an ideal world their partner's only getting turned on by them only likes what they do in bed but, you know, that's not the reality. That's not human nature. And I think the healthiest ways that I've had porn in relationships is when it's introduced, like, together. Like, when we're watching porn together. Um, I think there's something really sexy about finding out what your partner is into in that way. And I, and it's kind of what you're saying there is, like, it's a great way to, you know, learn, learn more about your partner. And, of course, that being said, they're never obligated to share that with you. Like, some people are very... Um, private about what porn they watch but um, again hopefully they're still you know consenting adults in that porn but um, but yeah no I think it can definitely be a great tool um, as long as the relationship's healthy in other ways no for sure I think that if it starts to be detrimental um, to your relationship with your partner or your sexual relationship with your partner or it becomes a problem like it should be treated in the same way as as you know an addiction to anything else like you it would be a conversation you know you don't talk to a drug addict and be you know like well you know you're banned you're banned from from drugs like that's just not how it works and, like, you're not going to get anywhere in your relationship. I say that because I'm so perpetually single. But, like, you don't get anywhere in any relationship without having a conversation and, like, hearing them out. Like, what do they enjoy about it? What could you as a partner do to, like, bring that enjoyment to the physical world? Like, mm-hmm. No, for sure. I completely agree. And, like, we mentioned, like, there are some awesome sites that portray sex in a 
very real um, and or ethically produced way. So, um, yeah, Erica Lust has these mm-hmm. this um, these mini series called X Confessions. I believe that is what yes. they're called. I bought some of them, and honestly, they are amazing. Okay, so here's the thing that pisses me off, is that Erica Les came to Vancouver two years ago and had a casting call for a real couple to film a porn with her, and I was like, this Mm -hmm. is like my fucking dream, is to film with Erica Les. Like, she's amazing. And I remember watching a documentary with her in it, like, years and years ago. She's very much coming more mainstream now, Mm -hmm. but this is, like, before anyone knew her name. So... Just saying, Erica, I was your one true fan. But, um, (laughs) and my partner at the time was a total stick in the mud. And I was like, babe, like, and so I messaged her and they fucking messaged me back and was like, we would love to have you. And I was like, holy fuck. Like I was so excited. And my partner at the time was like, no, I'm not down. And I'm such an idiot. I should have like called up a girlfriend of mine and be like, Hey, do you want to be my partner in this film? But that being said, I didn't want to take it from a couple, a real couple, because the whole thing about ex-confessions is like, you know, a lot of them are real couples and, you know, so I was really sad. Yeah, real fantasies that people have written in being like, I would love my fantasy produced into beautiful porn. Yeah. And just, and aside from Um, all that, it's her, she's so artistically creative. The way it's, it's done is so like appealing physically, um, like visually. Yeah. Her stuff is amazing. Um, yeah, just talking on that as well, like Four Chambered Hearts is really good. Mm-hmm. And Make Love Not Porn is the same thing, like real couples submitting real like home videos to that website. And so you get the like awkward position changes. You get the like falling off the bed. You get the bumping heads, like everything. It's just really like raw and it's what I love to watch in porn. Uh, if you're worried about, you know, your porn being produced ethically like one really good way is to pay for it like i know that there is a lot of free porn out there but if you want like ethically sourced you know the people are getting paid it's being an effort to produce it's beautiful it's consensual like pay for your porn louder for the people in the back (laughs) (laughs) pay for your porn okay so speaking of people trying to get shit for free one of my good girlfriends is um a photographer and she does quite well for herself. I have several friends that are really good photographers and she reached out to me cause I had been talking to her about people catfishing. So she, so she messaged me and said, Oh my God, I just had to tell you this. I got an email that sounded kind of off. Like it was written by a guy. I got the vibe. Whoever is just wanted me to send topless photos. Here's the email. Hello, I'm interested in possibly booking a boudoir session for myself as a surprise for my husband. I was wondering if you had a problem with topless photos. If you do this, do you have any examples you're able to share with me of such work in your portfolio? I would love to see a full gallery from a photo shoot if possible. Also, what are your rates and packages available? I am comparison shopping and try to acquire as much information as possible. Thank you, sweetie. I hope to hear from you soon. And then first and last name. So she gets this email, someone asking her to send her an entire photo shoot of a girl topless. You could also go on her page and see hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of her photos. And, like, the women, I think, have some blurred nipples. So, like, what, you really need to see the nipples to see if her work's good? So she goes. Yeah. So I did a little research. I wonder how she got the email as well. Like, you would have had to go see maybe her website or her Instagram to, like, get the email address to email your friend. So wouldn't you be able to see her 
like work? Isn't that why you would have reached out to her? Cause you liked her work. Yeah. So I did a little, so, so she carries on. My friend tells me, so I did a little research and did a search on the email and it came back to some married dude living in Illinois, US. The email is signed by first and last name, his wife's name on Instagram. And then, so I messaged the woman on Facebook saying, hey, sorry for not getting back to your email about booking a shoot. And she tells me, what? Sorry, I think you have me confused. I didn't send you an email. I sent her the screenshot and she ended up blocking me. So I've decided that her husband sent the email pretending to be her to try and get topless pictures. The catfishing is real. Oh my God, the FBI, like, this is what I love about women. <laughs> Dude, is that fucking well, wild that though? Last night you're like, yeah, his name's Fred. He's 48 years old. <laughs> like, <laughs> Pre-diabetic. <laughs> <laughs> But isn't that fucking wild? Like, why would you use your wife's names? It's the same as my ex who used my fucking names in my photos. Like, your person closest to you. What the fuck is wrong with these men? Yeah. Fucking insane. <sighs> Bye, golly. So then I had another person write in telling me, um, we had mentioned a while back, I think you had said something about, oh, yes, it was when you were talking about your awkward sex in Whistler. And you're like, anyone tell, oh, can write it and tell me their awkward sex stories to uh, not make me feel as bad. So they heard your cry and they answered. Yes. <laughs> so she sent a message. Hi, Danny. I'm a really big fan of your show. I'm a baby stripper, but trying my best. My hours have been cut at my civ job and clubs are being closed. So I've had a great time catching up on your podcast. I live in a small town of less than a thousand people and the only one who knows I'm a sex worker is my current partner. It's a very small-minded community for the most part. I love listening to you and Riley chat. It reminds me of when I lived in the city and had friends. I was listening and heard you ask for bad sex stories, so here's a long one about me making a guy cry during sex. Once upon, <laughs> Once upon a time, a long time before I got into sex work, I worked at McDonald's, and it also happened to be in a dry spell. I hadn't had sex with another person for like three months, and I was over it. This one guy kept coming through the drive-thru, and eventually gave me his number. Apparently, he worked at McDonald's, too, in the next town over and came to get coffee before his shift because ours tasted better. He was clearly flirting with me for a couple weeks via text, and then he came to get coffee. Eventually, he continued to ask if I wanted to have casual sex. This guy had a girlfriend, told him, and I told him point blank, I don't fuck guys who have girlfriends. One day, he comes out to my window and tells me I broke up with my girlfriend, to which I responded, oh, I'm so sorry. And he says, so text me when you aren't busy, okay? What can I say? I was desperate. I texted him eventually when my roommate was out of town so we could have the place to, my, to ourselves. We hung out for a bit, watched Bob Burgers, chilled for a bit before. We started making out when he starts to take off his belt. No foreplay. But again, I was desperate. I asked him if he, was, I asked him if he has a condom, and he says, well, actually, I'm allergic to latex. I say, well, I don't fuck guys without a condom. To which he immediately said, oh, there might be one in my car. Hold on. He spends so long digging in his car that I had time to smoke a joint and take some dabs. His car was parked right outside my apartment window, and I lived on the bottom floor, so I was expecting to see him just leave because he was taking so long. But he came back in with a handful of condoms. I was slightly high but still aware of what the fuck was going on, and I was like, fucking finally, dude. So we get at it a few times, and I think around the third time, I get on top, and I'm like halfway there, and he starts crying. I ask him, are you okay? Like, do you need to stop? Is the latex hurting him? I have no clue what's going on. He keeps crying, so I go to get off him. And he's like, no, don't stop. You're fine. I just miss my girlfriend. I get off him because I'm not, ha 
<laughs> I get off him because I'm not having any fun. And I still haven't come in the slightest. It was your choice to leave your girlfriend, dude. Stop it. The weed had worn off and I was getting fucking exhausted faking it too. I go get him some orange juice and tell him to chill while I smoke some more weed. Kind of an asshole move, but I just wanted, to, I just wanted an orgasm and this wasn't what I was here for. When I came back inside, he apologized and then went on to talk about his entire relationship and spiritual beliefs and stupid ass shit that I didn't care about. It was 11 a.m. at this point. We hadn't slept. I didn't come. He cried. Bob's Burgers was still on TV and I worked graveyard, so I was fucking exhausted. He finally says he has to go and ask me for gas money. I'm like, I don't have cash, and he leaves. I never text him ever again, but months later, my coworker says he cried to him and posted an emotional post on his Instagram about me and his experience. It was all pretty pathetic and probably the most disappointing sex I've ever had. After that, I casually fucked girls until I met my current partner. Okay, here is... Do you want to hear the post he made? Yeah, obviously I do. Okay, this is the post, okay? I want to share a time I had with anyone willing to read. About six months ago, I had what essentially was a one-night stand. It was the only time that has ever happened. The girl was amazing, both in bed and her personality, which trumped any girl I even knew. I would have traded the sex just for one more conversation. By the way, it did happen to be the best sex I've ever had. When our energy mixed, it felt great, even on the spiritual level. This woman made me think. Think about things not only I didn't already think about, but even things I already did, just in a different way. She led to changes in me and my life. Whenever I can't get a grasp on my life or when I get lost in all the shit I deal with, I just think back to the light she gave me. She gave me something that I wish I could repay. However, freedom isn't repayable. <laughs> I can't. Oh my God. My face through that entire story was like I was about to put a massive deck in it. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been waiting to tell you this story for like a week now. <laughs> oh my god! First of all, to the girl who put that in, thank you, you sweet baby angel, for sharing that. I know. I just love how like it just was a wild ride, start to finish. <laughs> yeah, and congratulations for having like pussy like gold that you make guys right this six months later right that's the best part it's like a six month later post being like i can't i'll never come back from this yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> pussy like gold Matt, that's sick that's amazing thanks Charlotte. dude is that not just fucking wild like i love how she's like i got him some orange juice like like he's like a baby like here's your orange juice like <laughs> yeah Oh, I thought you'd enjoy that one. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Okay, speaking of other weird ass men, um, the incel of the week commenting on my OnlyFans post. So I made a post, or I, I, I posted one that was from someone else, and it said, It's so wild when men publicly announce they would never date a girl who does OnlyFans. So, like, you don't want a girl who's attractive, sexually adventurous, business savvy, and will provide you with hundreds of quality nudes. Weird flex, but okay, you weak sauce control freak. And then his response that he commented on, so obviously he got blocked now. This just makes you sound like a hoe. No real man is going to let his future wife one day be subjected to that. And no real man is going to be with someone who the world wide web seen her goodies. I mean, he might be with her because you a quick fuck, but them females would never be taken seriously at all. 
please one thing is for sure we are not quick fucks like <laughs> <laughs> i just there's so much things problematic with that like the comment no real man would let his future wife oh bet you gonna let me do shit okay anyway so my girlfriend yeah. <laughs> um my girl one of my girlfriends responded and she was like bah that the way this is written it totally sounds like a jealous woman posing as a man whoever it is Whoever it is needs to stop masturbating to your photos while typing angry messages and take a long, hard look in the mirror. <laughs> Gave me a little chuckle. Actually, you know what? I like. I think it's one because 10% of my following is men because I continually block any man that follows me. But I don't get a lot of like shitty, shitty comments. Yeah, that's pretty good. I block them um, pretty fast. Yeah, I haven't... I mean... Uh... I'm so, like, small with my account that if anyone um, posted negatively on my posts, I would question more, how did you find me? You'd just be happy to have them there. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to my page. Rate, subscribe. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, on to the messages and questions. That's a nice little question we got in. Thanks for the last podcast. Riley and yourself kept me company, laughing, thinking, questioning during a long bike ride. Almost felt like hanging out. Always enjoyable and some good nugget takeaway. Thanks. By the way, I haven't looked at your OnlyFans page since I paid. I'll be sure to take advantage of it. You look fabulous, and the girly part of me is oh so envious. Take care. Thank you. (laughs) Next one. Oh my God, episode 28. I get so much out of all your episodes, but episode 28. I resonated with that one on another level. I also started OnlyFans back in February, and it's a nice little side project I enjoy and financially benefit from. I had a panic moment when my first payment didn't come through and thought of you, but it was something I misspelled and all is well. Lol. I wanted to check if you would be comfortable with me subbing to your OnlyFans. I know some sex workers don't like other sex workers following them, so I want to double check. Also, do you have Twitter? I just recently joined as a sex worker, and wow. Thanks again. Yes, you guys can always subscribe to my OnlyFans. It is like the biggest compliment to have fellow sex workers supporting you. Uh, my OnlyFans is OnlyFans.com slash Danica with a C underscore darling. So D-A-N-I-C-A underscore D-A-R-L-I-N-G. Uh, my Instagram my, for my work is Danica underscore darling underscore I-G. And my Twitter... My Twitterka, <laughs> my Twitter is Danica underscore darling. So yeah, you guys can of course follow me, um, subscribe to my OnlyFans if you guys want like shout outs or things like that uh, and want to collab, message me. I'm definitely open to um, sex workers supporting other sex workers. Riley will eventually get on the OnlyFans page. Eventually. I might. We'll see. Next question. Here's a topic for you that's been on my mind for a few weeks. How lonely is sex work? I have never really felt it before, but being restricted at home really feels different. I think it's Twitter too. I tried to join it and meet other sex workers on there, but I feel like it's made it worse somehow. Does that make sense? I'm not camming at the moment either, which doesn't make a difference because camming is so empty anyway. I can't quite put my finger on it. I've never been involved socially in the camp community and very little in the club community, but it's also been bitchy and dramatic, so that's why I've never pushed to be involved. Twitter is busy with either people being super supportive or super nasty and negative. I've involved myself a few times in supportive stuff, but it always feels a little like fake love. I think it's the whole industry, if I'm being honest. 
I also find myself having a bad attitude, like not wanting to hang around genuine people because I have this idea that my time is worth money. I know you know what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, we do. Um, No, so I do agree. Again, my cam experience is limited. I'm definitely have much more experience and I'm a primarily a uh, club worker and a private party and an escort. That's like my primary avenues of work, but I have found it's much more supportive amongst peers in club work than online work for me. That's how it's been. I don't know your experience, Riley. I have such limited online work. I don't think it's like fair for me to really comment on this, but um, I could definitely see it being, I mean, you just, you don't physically interact with people on um, online when you're doing online sex work and everything online for me anyway feels a little bit 2D. And so, and you know, as I was saying at the beginning of this, like unless things can translate into like in-person connection, whether that's relationship or friendship, like, I don't know. Like I could, yeah, I, I can definitely understand how that would feel more lonely. And I do second you in saying that like uh, club work and, and private parties have, have given me some of my closest friends, you know, and we've really cultivated a good like sisterhood with the club and with the girls that I work with. So, you know, we're still catching up and we're still planning like social distancing dates. And if I didn't have that, and I was still trying to do sex work. Absolutely. I think that would be lonely. Mm-hmm. I think it's honestly just the nature of the beast with like anything online, people hiding behind their screen, like are usually typically not as friendly as if you were face to face with them. Right. So mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think it's like the characters of the people involved in cam work or versus the characters of the people in club work. I think it's just kind of the, um, the like means of communication. Like most people are gonna be nicer face to face, right? Oh, absolutely. And I think like, you know, if you've ever moved countries, like your relationships even with people that you're really close with in one country start to dwindle because keeping up a relationship or a conversation just through like online is tiring. And you know, it's for me especially like I could I could meet a friend in person once a month and that would be way more fulfilling to me than keeping up a chat, you know, every day over like online and you just get all of the like, um, human feedback things when you're, when you're in person, like the looks and the giggles and the, um, human contact, everything like that is what for me, you know, creates a full friendship and, and relationship. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. But again, I do agree with her that sex work can be kind of isolating and I believe a heart, a large part of that is because of the stigma attached to it. And you um, might be worried to be like out and proud. And, um, and that comes, that kind of need of secrecy or to have to pick and choose who you let in and how much you let people in, it just automatically creates kind of this isolation feeling and, and this aloneness. For sure. And I think, you know, if you're online and you're trying to meet other people, you have to come out as a sex worker to make other sex worker friends. And if you work at a club, you just show up at work and you're like, eh, eh, (laughs) you know, like 
you don't have to come out to anyone as a sex worker. You don't have to put like a face to an online presence, you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And too, like online, there's so much fake shit. There's so many people impersonating people that I think that's another mm-hmm. reason why people are a little um, more hesitant to reply or to like engage. At least I am. I know. I know that's why I am. Even like this yeah. this girl that wrote in, she's been following me for a while. And at first, I thought she was a guy because her Instagram handle has like a man's name in it. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. who is this creep pretending to be a girl so he can get my OnlyFans and like. And then not pay, but then, like, want extra shit or something. And then it was actually a girl, and she subscribed, and I was like, oh, my God, I love this person. <laughs> She's actually really sweet, and her OnlyFans yeah. page is I amazing. Just because you don't have as much control over what happens in the online sphere, you just have this kind of seed of um, doubt or, like, distrust, mm-hmm. I think, with people. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. I agree. Um, but if you need friends, me and Riley are here. We, my DMs are so empty, babe. Just slide on them. <laughs> <laughs> she will always see them. Um, and also, too, I do agree with her comment, obviously, about um, sometimes it's hard to, like, hang out with squares because you're like, I could be getting paid for this. A thousand percent. Like, that's why I have, like, a few really good guy friends who I hang out with, but I don't really care to meet new guy friends because my mind goes there. It's like, well, can I make money off this? Like, I know it sounds bad, but it's, like, it's inevitable. That's just kind of how we start to think. Yeah. Yeah, it would be, like, I mean, it's so funny when you when you get paid for companionship or socializing. Because it is at that. It's, like, imagine if you were a plumber and, you know, you started doing all your family and friends plumbing for free. You would be, like, hang on a second. Like, I, I could be being paid for this. But at the same time, you're, like, okay, but, like, at the same time, humans thrive on, like, connectivity. So it's, like, balancing those two things. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. Next message. Just caught your new episode whilst working. Oh, my God. Thank you for mentioning the blank idiots. They mentioned OnlyFans on their show a few episodes back, maybe episode 77, talking about being sugar babies, too, and it beyond infuriated me. Downplaying it all to get a, as a get-rich-quick thing. Idiots. I totally forgot about it, and now there's a full episode on it. I just cannot. Yeah, so you're referring to a podcast that spoke on, like, about OnlyFans um, performers, which we talked on two weeks ago now? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad, you know, and this is exactly why we, you know, we decided to call out those the girls who, you know, made their, their comment about porn stars as well. It's like people throw random remarks about sex workers who don't have any education and, like, it's important to be like, hang on a second because there's probably a bunch of other girls listening to it thinking the same thing. Mm-hmm. Or that never are exposed to actual sex workers, so un- uneducated or unknowledgeable people speaking on it, they'll take as, like, actual knowledge. Uh, I think mm-hmm. the important difference here is that the podcast of these two girls that that we spoke about two weeks ago, the, like, large podcast, um, Mm -hmm. they got a bunch of DMs. They mentioned it in an episode that they got a bunch of DMs from sugar babies being like, you didn't represent it properly. These were all the ways you're incorrect. This is what you should include. And 
their response to it on their podcast was pretty much like, yeah, we know we didn't like shut the fuck up. Like in like a different way of saying it's very much how they came across very dismissive. Like, yeah, well we can't cover it all. And instead of being like, oh, like we don't know, we should have a sugar baby on here. And I think that's an important thing to note with the two girls I spoke about earlier that I reached out to regarding their comments on porn stars is that of course, yes, they were a little defensive and a little like put off at first, which is human nature to do so when you get called out. But I mm-hmm. think it's a, a testament to like them that they were willing to be open to learning and willing to share their platform to like correct that statement and like use it as a, a growing opportunity, you know? Yeah, absolutely. They could have um, definitely easily just shoved it under the rug and call us rude and, done nothing else about it but yeah you're right they have you know extended a hand to be like you know we were possibly wrong come and educate us and our viewers about it Mm -hmm. so yeah but these other girls when they got called out for the sugar baby shit they were just kind of cunts about it so we still hate them okay i didn't i didn't know that i'm yeah, we hate them. <laughs> yeah, I think it was the start of their OnlyFans episode, actually. I think that's at the start of it. They were like, we mentioned sugar babies, and, you know, you all messaged us saying we did it wrong, but, like, obviously we don't have enough time on the podcast to cover everything. Like, they're, like, super defensive and super, like, dismissive of the messages they got. That's how it came across to me. Oh, so you're well, welcome for you're welcome for calling them out. Yeah, that's disappointing and a shame when you're, like, two people who kind of advocate for, you know, being a slut and being, you know, reclaiming your sexuality and all things that you would hope, um, you know, feminism would stand for and then for it to turn around and be like, oh, but actually we don't care about representing these female, these women properly. Yeah, this marginalized group doesn't get a say. Yeah. yeah, 100%. Next message. You mentioned PR parties a lot in the podcast. How do you find these gigs or do you have to be invited to them? So with PR, um, there's like, usually the way I work them is I either find my clients at my club or I, my girlfriends have clients and their, their clients want parties. So then my girlfriends invite me to work them. Um, so it kind of is like, uh, you know, either the client or, you know, someone who has clients that want to host parties. That's usually how, how you come about them. How about yourself, Riley? Um, yeah, the, the PR gigs or groups that I've been invited into is by either meeting girls who host or who, um, work gigs at work or through, I mean, my first PR company I found online through a friend, I think. Yeah. And there definitely are like, um, stag, like bachelor party organizing things online. Um, they definitely, in my opinion, are much less pay and take advantage of the workers, Um, but that's just the stories I've heard. I've Mm. never worked for one because I do not care to get paid as little as I've heard they get paid, but it's a good like starting point. If you haven't ever done private parties to maybe go with a company online, um, like us and, and just see if you like it and then, you know, get an idea of it. Yeah, I was about to say, like, it was the company that I think we're both referring to. Um, That was the first company that I worked for um, in BC, and it was a great stepping stone because I had never uh, lap danced before. I had never done any type of sex work, and it was kind of like a 
I don't, it was a good like stepping stone into like full blown sex work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And it, and you know, it, and that's how, you know, I met a really good mutual friend, Penny. And, um, you know, that's how I met all of you girls. So really like best thing in your yeah. life. That's great. Best decision I ever made. <laughs> um, okay, next question. How do you pick a stripper name? Oh. I mean, Shaka's Riley is not my actual name. <laughs> <laughs> I am Shaka. Um, so, <laughs> with stripper names, I've had mine for seven years now. I switched it once when I moved back from Alberta. And I can't for the life of me remember what I went by for a bit. I think it was Rhea. Yeah. I think my name was Rhea for a bit. And no one understood it. In the club, I'd be like, Rhea? And they'd be like, Maya? Jenna? Like, they'd have the randomest names. I'd be like, sure. Like, fuck, whatever. (laughs) And then also, too, like, with the... um, The slowness in Alberta, a lot of girls were coming over from, from, like, Toronto, Alberta... Where I, who I used to work with in Fort Mac, and they'd be like, oh, Danica. And then I'd be like, okay, I'm just going to go back to Danica because everyone knew me out there as Danica. Um, but when you're first picking your stripper name, like, there's no, you know, you don't do, like, an online test, like, what's my stripper name? Like, well, you literally just... Please do that. <laughs> yeah, you just tell them, oh, I want to go by this. And, um, and they might tell you yes or no, depending on if they... Some clubs don't let uh, there be, like more than one person with a name. So if someone came to my club and was like, oh, I want my name to be Danica, they'd be like, no, we already have one. Um, That said, I've heard, like, other variations of Danica. I know there's a Yannica. I know there's a Zanica. (laughs) It's super annoying. Um, We also worked in Fort Mac together, which is hilarious. We, like, found each other again. (laughs) Now she's out here, but... And that's always confusing when they call her on stage. I'm like, am I doing stage? Like, what the fuck? Um, but yeah, so yeah. so how I actually came about my name is that I had a the only babysitter I can fucking remember having was this girl named Danica. And I thought she was like so pretty. And I like forever love that name. Like I named my stuffies Danica. I was like, and then so yeah, so then um, I've also always loved the name Hunter, but I've learned in the industry when you have like uh, more so when I first started, I remember one of my good friends had the name Logan. So a guy's name. And she always got hate on from guys for having a guy's name. They're, they don't really care as much now, but back there and especially where we were working, um, it, it did well to have more of a feminine name in quotes. So yeah, it was like, fuck Danica. I always loved that name. Um, so Yeah. And now, pretty much, Danica is my name now. I know I've had friends for years, and they call me Danica in and out of the club. And one time, this is probably a year ago, a friend of mine was calling me Danica, or introduced me to someone as Danica. And afterwards, I was like, you know Danica's like not my real name, right? And she's like, really? <laughs> like, And we had known each other for like five years at this point. Um, but yeah, so you really just honestly just get to fucking choose. And, and if the club doesn't have one already, then like you're good to go. Um, but it is smart to put some kind of makes like put some kind of thought into it. Like, is it going to be a hard name for people to write? If you're like trying to build like a following on Instagram, you kind of want it to be like, you know, somewhat easy to remember. And, and I do like, like, I do think men prefer like a very like girly feminine name sometimes. 
if that's like the look you're going for. I find that sometimes helpful. And yeah, so what do you think, Riley? What do you think, yeah. Riley? Um, I mean, obviously, like, like I chose Riley, which is kind of an androgynous name. Um, and I've personally found that it works for me. Like, I'm very much a girlfriend experience type of girl. So I feel like being kind of, you know, feminine and, and girlfriendy and girl mixed story mixed with like an androgynous name, it it makes me seem more quote unquote real. Mm. Like mm. I'm, I'm, you know, and you know, that's the, the market that I go for that can be really helpful. And, um, it's not hugely popular. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, and I also just really liked it. Like I just pick, you have to pick a name that you like the sound of, because that is what everyone will call you at work. Like when you, when you work at a club or when you work at a PR party, no one's saying like your real name to your face and then your you know, your, your dancer name in front of customers, like it becomes a part of who you are, at least for me. Like, and you know, I've grown to really love Riley. I love Azel. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like I embodied who that is and I couldn't see my dancer name changing. And I know that other girls feel differently and like to try out different names and change them and stuff. So it kind of depends. It depends on like you, but I would say just pick a name that you really like. Um, pick a name that suits whoever you feel like you are as a dancer as well. Like, as I said, I feel like the combination between feminine and girlfriend experience and the androgynous name does me favors. Maybe it wouldn't other people like, yeah. I, if you feel like if you already look kind of like a little bit more on the androgynous scale, like having a feminine name could work for you. Like I, it's, it's up to you really, but you just, yeah, basically pick one that you like and make a person out of it mm-hmm. and I 100% agree like you need to like your name because it becomes your name like I get called Danica more than I ever get called my real name like I can in the last like oh I don't know last five years I can think of like maybe outside of my family maybe like three people who call me my real name like most people call me Danica or nickname um, yeah. and even when I tried to switch to Rhea or whatever the fuck I switched to, like Danica haunted me. <laughs> like, so yeah, you're kind of like, you better like your fucking name. And you'll hear it all the damn time. Uh, do you have like a, you don't ha- I know you don't do stage, but do you have like a full name? Like Riley something? Like I'm Danica um, Darling. Yeah, it changes. Sorry, go on. As well. Like my, my email is a, like a variation of, uh, Riley Reynolds, I think. I just liked the alliteration, really. But I don't have like a. I haven't done stage, so I don't have a full, full name. Yeah, mine's been Danica Darling forever. Um, yeah, I like it. It's cute. Alliteration. I like alliteration too. Next question. Yeah. Hi there. I am pretty new to the industry and given the whole pandemic, I'm actually granted the time to do some solid research into educating myself better and finding new points of knowledge and practice. I'm super clumsy and not yet free flowing with my body. I'm just learning to be comfortable in my skin. I see on your page and the podcast, just started to follow your Instagram and Spotify. And I'm wondering if you offer any video one-on-one training sessions for exotic dancing or if you'll have classes once the pandemic is over. I'm super interested if so. So yes, one, thank you for writing in. I'm glad that um, this time's given you 
the opportunity to creep on me on all my social media platforms. But um, yeah, so I do the workshops, in-person workshops. We had one scheduled, I believe we're going to try for April, but then obviously this has happened. So myself and the Bad Academy are actually going to be doing another uh, online workshop now. So it's going to be a virtual workshop. It's going to be on May 21st at 7 p.m. We are putting out ticket sales and tickets will be $25. So yeah, definitely going to be doing virtual workshops, potentially some stretch workshops as well. But the one on May 21st will be um, erotica lap dance workshop. So that sounds like exactly what you're looking for. So hopefully I will see you in our, um, online class. Oh, Riley, you're coming to it, right? Of course. Okay. Well, so there you go. You guys have it. Riley will also be there stumbling along with you. (laughs) 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 I'm so going to call you on the class. Okay, next no, question. Sorry? I said love that for me. <laughs> okay, next question. Regarding merch, I would love tanks and crop tops with some sort of emblem or photo. Something a little more subtle that doesn't scream sex worker because I'm not out to most people yet, but I want to support you guys. Speaking of, I'm loving your podcast. I've been working my way back through older episodes, and the one with tips for baby strippers is, and then she did that little A-OK sign. I've only ever done a couple amateur nights in private parties, but after all this COVID bullshit is over, I'd like to get into doing club work. So your podcast has been super informative. Thank you so much. Firstly, super happy that um, the podcast is helping you out, and thank you so much for going through and listening to them. I, with regard to merch, this is actually a similar message to many that I've been getting that the crop, crop tops is something that a lot of people want. Tank tops is something that a lot mm-hmm. of people want. I've also been getting G strings. I think we'll put out and I think I'll also put out, um, like shoe bags and potentially hoodies as well. Crop hoodies. I like everything crop. So y'all going to get crop shit. Um, and then also I completely agree with the emblem rather than verbiage um, or maybe the option of one or the other. But a lot of uh, workers have written in saying that they're also not super out, so they'd like something a little more discreet. So I heard you. I will take that in. It's a great point, and hopefully merch will be coming along soon here. I'm super excited for it. Sweet, yeah. I'm looking forward to that as well. (laughs) Me and Riley are literally just going to be wearing, like, 50 plus tip just, shit every day. Like head to toe, <laughs> 50 plus the tip match. I like a hat on top of a toque with a hood up. Like. It's not lame to wear your own match, right? Like. Kidding me? Have you seen these Instagram girls? <laughs> Shameless. Um, okay, next question. Any recommendations for lingerie brands? You always have the cutest stuff. I'm sick of the typical Victoria's Secret. Which is a perfect segue into our other sponsor, Temptations Avenue. Temptations Avenue lingerie is an attitude to be owned for those who enjoy the pleasures of seduction. Temptations Avenue lingerie is a Canadian-owned brand with a variety of styles ranging from sexy and wild to demure and sweet. Check them out on Instagram at Temptations Avenue and use our discount code TIP25 to get 25% off your entire order. 
That's TIP25, T-I-P-2-5 for 25% off. And honestly, guys, I got two of my sets in, the red, like, what was it, Latisse one, um, and a black one, and they're so cute. As some of you noticed, the bottoms were a little snug, so I'm definitely going to go up a size, but they were adorable, and I got a lot of compliments on them from when I posted all my dirty shit on my OnlyFans. Um, So yeah, definitely check out Temptations Avenue Laundry. They have a lot of cute shit. All right, stay or go. Yes, here we go. (laughs) It's your favorite part part of the episode. Yeah, girl. All right, stay or go. They have a messy apartment. All the time? Yeah. Go. Yeah, for me, like, I'm messy right now because I just moved, but, like, I can't stand when, like, they have a classical, like, frat boy, like, shit everywhere. No. I'm not here for it. Yeah, for sure. And, like, I live with three other people, so my place gets relatively messy relatively often, but at the same time, you know, we're always cleaning it. It doesn't stay that way. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. And when I get into exams and stuff, like, my room gets, like, a fucking bomb. <laughs> Went off in it, like. All right. Stay or go. They have a douchebag best friend. Oh. Uh, oh, go. I would. It depends, like, how close they are. Like, if they're one of those best friends who are, like, super buddy-buddy, like, always checking in on each other, getting each other's opinions. I have to see this guy all the fucking time go but also too like you are the company you keep like I don't have like cunt girlfriends like my girlfriends are fucking dope you know because I'm fucking dope so (laughs) but (laughs) but you know what I mean like you are what they say you are a combination of the five closest people to you um exactly and you know if your best friend is someone who's a complete douchebag and you know probably like racist and misogynistic like what the hell do you say not in front of me you know like what sort of person are you yeah and what advice would he give you if you're like going to him and like what do you guys talk about like what do you have in common like 100% I would probably go to yeah my friends are so important to me like if I if my partner for whatever reason didn't get along with my friends or I didn't get along with my partner's friends like I just don't think that like I'm sure it'll last for some people but like that's just such an important area of my life. Like, I don't think that that would work for me. Basically, Danny has to vet everyone. <laughs> this is, guys, this is a real reason I'm single. None have met my standards. <laughs> okay, next day or go. He's a virgin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it depends why they're still virgin I okay think. what would be a good reason to stay him being a virgin and what would be a i can't even say the word virgin <laughs> virgin um yeah. and what would be like, a bad reason are they, are they fucking 16 because that's probably gonna be a go <laughs> see here no. i feel the opposite way if they are younger and virgin okay that's fine why can't I say okay, virgin? I, I think being 16 would be a go for me, like, whether they're a virgin or not. Okay, yes, fair. Not 16, but if they're, like, 19 and a virgin, like, okay, if you're, like, 40 and a virgin, like, that's an issue for me. I, yeah, I mean, for me, like, if they're saving themselves for marriage because they think that, like, sex is something sacred. Like, first of all, good for you. If you believe that, that's fine. Psycho. But I can guarantee that 
I'm not going to see eye to eye on a lot of things and you're not going to like the fact of a six or okay, you know? hundred percent. I like but one of my, to... Oh, sorry. One of my like fetishes though is to like take someone's virginity cause I never have. Um, so if they were like, you know, 19 to like 25 and a virgin, like I'm here for it just to take the virginity, not to date them. But so like, that's why I find it appealing. But I, like you said, like, why are you a virgin? Like, because you think it's so like special and it like changes a person to have sex. And like, yeah, we probably aren't going to get on very well. Yeah, exactly. But if they just like, if they just haven't found someone that they connected with on that level for whatever reason, like, you know, especially demisexuals who just have to have that emotional connection to be sexually attracted to someone, like, yeah, I'd fuck with you. Yeah, but they probably wouldn't fuck with yeah. you, right? Because, like, if that's how they view sex, they're not going to like what we do for work. <laughs> like, No, but, like, I don't think that's necessarily true. Like, we had um, Libby on the podcast who, um, who uh, I think she said that she was demisexual or something of that and you know she's super sexually open and you know i don't know it depends but she's on the not person, a, I think. But she's not a virgin that's what i'm saying like if they had that mindset and they were a virgin yeah but like am i could i rock their world <laughs> <laughs> no anyways <laughs> okay. uh stay or go they hate dogs Oh, that's going to be a go for me. Not even because I'm, like, a weird dog person. Like, obviously, my dog's fucking dope. But I'm not like, oh, my God, dogs. But, like, more so, who the fuck hates dogs? Like, like what's wrong with you? It's like, I, I hate, I hate tasty food. Like, you're like, what are you, like, what? You hate dogs? Like, okay. No, that's a go for me. Okay, next and last, stay or go. They're an anti-vaxxer. Um, I think that's a go for me, probably. Why? Flu shots or no pussy? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I'm totally painting like one stroke with a brush, or that's not that's not how the saying goes. I think goes. that's a saying, but okay, <laughs> you're doing something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, y'all know what I'm saying. Um. But I just feel like, you know, I've seen a lot of the arguments being like it causes like autism and stuff like that. And I just love me some stats and that's just not science. And we're about to have a lot of disagreements on some other things. Yeah, I think I'm a go for anyone that's like, not like, I don't like anyone standing for anything. But like, you know, anyone's like, conspiracy, (laughs) it's like they're crazy about it. Um, I think that's a go for me. If there's like, hey, I don't do vaccines, I feel some kind of way about them and like kept it to themselves, like, okay, cool, like you don't get your flu yeah. shots. But if they were like those adamant, like they're holding a sign outside, like, yeah, no. A hundred percent. If they are like the president of the anti vaxxer Facebook page, like, <laughs> then it's a no. I think everyone is entitled to their opinion of whether or whether they don't want to have vaccines. Like, that is why they are optional. Um, But as soon as you're, like, shoving your opinion down anyone's throats in an aggressive manner with pseudoscience, like, I'm out. No aggressive throat shoving. 
Well, some aggressive foreshadowing. <laughs> Consensual sexual aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, <laughs> don't forget online dance workshop may 21st at 7 p.m tickets on sale just hit that link in my bio or the bio of the bad academy on instagram we're both selling the tickets 50 plus dip merch make sure to get that in um suggestions what you're looking for what colors you want i'm black 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 so if you guys want and pink black and pink so if you want something else um hit me with that get your Truly lifestyle brand, all natural cruelty-free skincare, and use Truly plus a tip code for 10% off your first online order. And for Temptations Avenue Lingerie, use tip25 code to get 25% off. And as always, find me on 50 plus a tip on Instagram or email me at 50plusatip at gmail.com. And you can slide into my DMs, email me, comments, questions, whatever. I like getting them. Riley, where can people find you? You can find me at Ben City Riley on Instagram, and that is it. That is all you can find me at. That's all you're getting. Well, guys, have a wonderful week. And happy hoeing. Bye.